This is the Power Your Edge podcast, where we share with you the voices of creatives. You will learn, grow, and laugh with us as we hear from people who are the same as us, their journey, their tools, their gems, and their wisdom. Coming together to power your edge. And now, here is your host, Malky Skolnick, founder at The Bold Edge, digital course creator, email marketing magician, app junkie, and systems fanatic. So welcome, Dina. I am so excited to have you on here today. And I am going to let Dina talk a little bit about herself, right? It's always nice to talk about oneself. (laughs) And tell us a little bit about herself, what she does, amazing work that she does, and a little bit of her creative journey. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's really fun to be here. Um, So I'm an artist and an illustrator. I um, create illustrations for children's books and other things, as well as portrait art and other types of fine art. Um, I've been drawing and painting my whole life. So uh, my parents sent me to art lessons growing up and um, I started, you know, doing work for people as a teenager, um, paintings and little things like monograms and logos and things like that. And then about nine, eight or nine years ago, I got my first job illustrating a children's book. And that's when my career as an illustrator started. And so now I do both. I uh, alternate between illustration and fine art. Okay. So that is really, really interesting. And what I am curious about is you said that you got your first job as, you know, illustrating a children's book. So how did you get that first job? So that was kind of fell into my lap. A friend of mine from school had another friend who was looking for an illustrator and had her contact me. So I did some samples for her and she and the publisher liked them. So they hired me. Really, really cool. From there, like, okay, so you had that first, you know, opportunity. Where did you go from there? So um, after my first children's book, it took, I think, a couple of years until I got another job illustrating an entire picture book. Um, I spoke to um, different publishers. I sent samples of my work and I went to some conferences where I met with people one-on-one and showed them my work. And, um, so, uh, after some time, I don't actually remember (laughs) exactly how it happened, but I did start getting more jobs, more books, more book covers and other types of illustration work. During, like, if we have to talk about your journey, was there anything specifically significant, like some sort of roadblock you had or some sort of experience that you went through, um, that was significant and really affected how you went, you know, from there on forward? Okay. Um, I don't know if there's nothing really that stands out, but lots of little things, I guess. Um, I actually had a few jobs after school that had nothing to do with art whatsoever. (laughs) Um, I always did it um, as like a hobby or on the side. People would still like hire me for small things. Um, But after I got that first job illustrating, like it was like a light went off in my head and I was like, oh, I could actually make a living doing my art. So that was definitely significant for me. Um, Some other significant things were um, starting to teach, which I had never, ever wanted to teach art 
before, and um, the head of a small school here in Beit Shemesh was looking for teachers, and she saw my work at a show, and she kept asking me to uh, teach for her, and I kept saying, no, I have no experience, I have no formal training, I don't want to, <laughs> and um, she just kept asking me so many times that I finally said, okay, fine, I'll try it out. And that was about maybe six years ago I've been teaching at this school, and that's been really wonderful because it helps me develop my own skills as well as being able to share what I know with other people. That's really cool. So my question is, how does it actually help you develop your own skills? Like how, how does one impact the other? Well, sometimes I, I work by instinct, and um, I don't necessarily have a method that I am conscious of, so I've had to kind of figure out what I do and why I do it, and that helps me also figure out if I'm doing something that's not really helping the process um, or if I could be doing it a better way. So like I'll look um, on YouTube for video tutorials or I will um, just look at other people's art to see, you know, what techniques they're using and things like that. So it's definitely helps me in my own work because I want to be able to teach my students the best way to do things or at least, you know, the easiest way or the most effective way. That's so interesting. As creative, sometimes the efficiency or stuff like that, it's hard to just be more streamlined. You were pushed into that position or helped into that way by teaching. You were able to help your own business become more streamlined and develop more systems and processes yeah, your own artwork, exactly. which, is, which is really interesting. It's a really interesting how things evolve or how we get into or work a certain way. So it is. Yes. We fall into it sometimes. <laughs> I totally feel like I fell into it. It was a blessing and it's helped me a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for that. What I'm curious about is, and this is something that creatives do a lot, a lot of times we're not working in a bubble, but we wouldn't mind being working in a bubble and doing our own thing. We have to coexist, <laughs> have to coexist with other people. So my question is, yes. <laughs> what has helped you <laughs> psychologically and practically coexist well and work well and produce well with other creatives? So uh, technically, I work alone in my own bubble in my studio, and there's nobody else with me. But um, I do have to, I have clients that I work with, writers, publishers, all sorts of other people who need artwork for different reasons. Um, so I um, usually try to communicate by email, actually. Mm -hmm. um, it's And like an initial phone call to get to know somebody and to hear their ideas is great. But once I've gotten past that point, I really prefer email because it's much more efficient. Like I had a client who um, would call me all the time and she was such a lovely person, but I could never get her off the phone. And after I finished one project working with her, she wanted to do another one. And I said, I was not available anymore <laughs> just because like um, some people just don't understand, you know, a certain boundaries and respect your time. Um, so I really like to keep things to email. That's one thing I try to do. Um, and speaking of email, like if I'm particularly agitated or, um, annoyed by feedback or something like that, I'll try to not send my first email draft <laughs> the first time I compose it and just, you know, give it some time and then edit it again and make sure it sounds sweet and <laughs> it's like it's like you know they say with emotional kind of things you know someone's like write a letter to that person and then just throw it in the garbage <laughs> like you know, yes exactly sometimes I'll just just rewrite the whole email and I actually I'll realize sometimes I'm overreacting anyway and like oh please it's really not such a big deal just <laughs> do the edits that they want and um because the goal is 
always to make them happy, even though sometimes I think my idea is better, but um, we usually come to a good <laughs> compromise. How have you found that you have been able to avoid sort of like, okay, you present something to a client, they're like, that's not what I had in mind. Like, how do you make sure you're on the same page? So I, I always give a um, preliminary sketch and then I ask for their feedback. So usually it's not too far off, but, um, you know, they'll often want to change things. And so I will send another sketch. And um, I mean, I think usually they come to me trusting my like artistic vision. <laughs> so um it's usually not such a problem um, to figure out what they want and be able to, I don't know, bring it to life, I guess. <laughs> One thing I noticed that you have so many different ways that you're able to draw. I know I'm, I'm not an artist, so I might like the lingo that I'm saying like might be off, but sure, no what problem. is it called? Genres or like, what would they be yeah, called? Like different, you different... could call it styles, <laughs> genres, <laughs> um, techniques. I don't know. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> so my question is, it's funny because I noticed that there's some artists that have like their, their look, like this is what that, like I do a specific style and that's it. But I noticed that in your case, you have right. so many different styles. How does that work? Is that something that like, do you actively like one style, but you could do other ones or this is just like, all different facets of your creative vision or ideas? I guess you could say it's different facets um, because I'm just interested in like, I want to do everything and I want to be good at everything, which I'm not yet, but like, I, <laughs> I don't like to feel limited. So some people are just, just a portrait artist or just a watercolor artist, you know, or just pencil drawings or whatever, but I like to try everything. Um, I have kind of a default illustration mode that I've discovered over time. Um, when I'm just doing, you know, my own thing, but I, I still like to experiment. So I do every now and then come up with <laughs> a new look. <laughs> is that also to keep you like to keep your creative energies going? Like, is that, I think so. I think so. It's partly that. And it's also partly, I think, because I work in a few different mediums. So like by default, they have a different look, like a watercolor painting will look very different than a pencil drawing. Even if I'm not consciously trying to imitate a, a or work in a new style, um, you know, just obviously by default, pencil will look different than watercolor, which will look different than acrylic, which will look different than an ink drawing, you know, so that's part of it. And I also sometimes if I see someone else's work that I really like, um, sometimes I'll try to incorporate some of that into my work and, you know, figure out how they did something or what effect um, their techniques have. So it's a combination of the two. So the big question is, do you actually use computers within your drawing? So I <laughs> do. <laughs> I do. I would say 95% of the time it's all by hand. Um, and I obviously have to, most of it, my clients are long distance. So I, I always send digital files. So I scan it or take a picture of it and upload it. And then I have to edit it a little bit, adjust the contrast, you know, um, if, fix a few things here and there. I can work with layers on the computer if I want to do a background separately, you know, and then layer it behind some characters or things like that. Um, and I did do a one picture book that was all paper cut art. So I actually cut out all the paper, assembled it, glued it together for quite a lot of the book. And then it got so tedious and so time consuming. And I was so fed up with it. It took like two and a half years to finish this book that I finally realized a lot of 
So, well, a lot of it is actually paper cut that's just photographed, but some of it is computer generated. Like I would cut out the papers, but then I would insert like the shadows and the layers and stuff oh, digitally. Wow. That, that book, yeah. I remember I saw it. It's, it's, it's a work of art. Like literally oh, thank you. gorgeous. It's so <laughs> different so and much. so unique. And so um, I'm just curious from that book, did you see that you were able to get other, like, was that a big um, publicity for you? I'm just curious, like, how did that like work pan out for you? Well, I got lots of good feedback. I know people really like it. Um, I, when I was finished, I said, I am never doing a book in this style again, uh, unless I was paid very well. (laughs) (laughs) None of us had realized how time consuming it would be or like a book usually takes an average, let's say six months. This took two and a half years. So nobody was really prepared for that. (laughs) Um, And I did do one other project that was similar on paper cut art like that, but it's not really, um, it's a little more crafty and I'm trying to lean toward more fine art. So, um, you know, I might do it now and then a little like, you know, a one-off illustration or something, but I'm not really interested in doing a whole nother book like that. But I think it was just a good portfolio piece. Like even if they're not doing that style, it was just like a like an exposure piece. Like, oh, that's your book. Something to talk about. <laughs> Let's put it like yeah, that. for sure. It's good. It's a good conversation piece. <laughs> you know, not to sound a little bit dumb, but could you explain to me what fine art means? Like, what would yeah what would that refer to? Sure, it's more like a painterly style, like a you know the type of art that you would frame and hang up in your home as opposed to like an illustration, which, you know, it would look cute in a children's book, but you know, nobody would hang it on their wall. <laughs> <laughs> so nowadays, like you, you know, you're very active on LinkedIn and you post your stuff. I'm just curious, what kind of response do you get from that? And what kind of work do you generate? Like what kind of styles are you generating from your LinkedIn exposure? Mm-hmm. So I do love LinkedIn. I find the people there so warm and supportive and um, they are very kind in their comments. Um, so it makes it fun to share my work. And then I've gotten a lot of work off there. I've gotten some illustration jobs. Um, I've, I've worked with some editors that I met on LinkedIn. I've done some portraits for private clients. I'm working now in a commission. It's a large, um, painting for somebody that I know from LinkedIn. Um, I've done a birthday card illustration for somebody's business. Um, so all sorts of interesting things have come from my LinkedIn. So you would say like different, I'm saying, I guess, different kind of projects than you were originally sort of exposed to like this yeah, much it, larger it range. All, yeah. It's cause, um, Anybody who sees my work and likes it and has any kind of art need, like they'll ask me about it. I don't necessarily take on all of them. Uh, If it's not exactly what I do, then I'll let people know that, you know, but it's been really, yeah, it is fun to do all different kinds of projects. I'm just curious, how do you develop your pricing? Ah, that's a good question. So I've slowly been raising prices over, you know, the past, I guess, eight or nine years since I've been working professionally as an artist. Um, I started out pretty low and I would take any job that I thought would be good experience. Um, And as I got more experience and as people, my you know, started to spread my name like word of mouth and I would get um, 
more requests for work. So I could start raising my prices a little bit. So, um, and you know, I guess every year, every couple of years, I try to raise it up a little bit and it's challenging because on the one hand, you're like, um, I want to be considered, um, I don't mind if I give a price and somebody says you're too expensive or I can't afford it right now. Um, I, I like that because um, I don't want to be considered a cheap artist. There are artists who are less experienced and who can work for less. So I tell people and I'm happy to refer them to my students who are also very talented and who are starting out who will work for less, you know, but on the other hand, um, you know, sometimes you wonder like, would I be getting more jobs um, like more bulk um, if I, my prices were lower. So, you know, more jobs at a lower rate or less jobs at a higher rate. <laughs> so, you know, it's a little bit of a balance, but. It's very interesting. And this, this question just popped out. I was actually listening to a podcast last night. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking about this. There's the balance when a person first starts out, they end up taking lots of jobs. Like they decide, right. okay, I need, I want to make X, Y, Z amount of money per year. So, you know, I'm going to take, let's say I need 25 clients for that amount of money. But then after a couple of years, you're taking, let's say, half that amount of people at a much higher rate. So right. it's also the fact of being pickier on who's a better a better fit or who a person wants right. to work with. And also this way a person could give the best possible experience to each of the clients that they work with. So they're sort of in a way yes. doing, doing people a favor by deciding, OK, I'm, this would be the right fit. So this way we can have the best possible experience together. So it's yes. like a win-win on both sides. This person takes so many different things. Not everybody's getting the same personal attention because there's just so many things going on. Yeah, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. So that was a very interesting sort of takeaway. It's all about the experience also. It's not just about the product. It's really about what a kind of experience you give over and people experience with you. Yes, I really like that. Yeah, I agree. Computers are not the main source. I mean, you produce this gorgeous, gorgeous artwork by hand. But what about like different apps and tools that help you with your business practice or collaborating with other people? Do you have any specific apps or anything that you use to keep your business like organized? (laughs) No, I really don't. I'm very, (laughs) it's one of the things I need to do is organize myself a little bit better. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I really don't. I, I'm a little bit old fashioned about my artwork (laughs) and about other things. So I'm saying, so your main, your main tools are like you would use email or any other. Yeah, I use, I use email. Obviously I use Google and Pinterest and YouTube a lot. I I use my, um, obviously my, all my art supplies. Um, I use a program actually. I don't even use Photoshop. This comes as a surprise usually to people. Like I use a free program. It's called getpaint.net, which is similar to Photoshop in some ways. I don't know. It's free. So I never really tried Photoshop, but like, you know, you can work in layers and you can uh, do all these effects. You can't paint in it. That's what I was going to ask you if you could paint. Actually, I don't know because I have a very old version that I never updated. And I think it's, I think it's become more sophisticated (laughs) in the past, like (laughs) eight years since I um, downloaded it. But um, my digital needs are pretty simple. So it works for now. So if a person wanted to go, like I have some graphic design students that are also like they're artists and that's why they want to go into graphic design as per se. But the interesting mm-hmm. thing is, is that many times, um, you know, I'll tell them they're artists and so now they want to do graphic design. And I'm, I'm telling them that doing art and graphic design are two totally different things. 
Meaning right. thinking in a totally different way. One is you're creating art that eventually you're going to sell. But when you're a graphic designer, there's there's that part of the marketing angle that there needs to be a strategy. There needs to be something there. So not necessarily could art all the time translate into graphic design. That's right. So that's like an interesting point. But then we go a step further and they're like, OK, so I want to be able to use my art within my design. So uh-huh. say like what would be like some resources that people could go to to learn online? Like they draw by hand, but let's say they also want to do um, they want to get more fine tuned with that between art and well, there are. Mm, so I don't know. Cause I'm not a designer. <laughs> um, I don't know that much about graphic design, but I do know that there's lots of online resources for artists, um, who also want to work digitally. Um, but I, but I'm not sure about the design aspect. I know there's a lot of digital illustrators. The and... illustration aspect. Let's say they want to do like a okay. fashion illustration or just like oh, okay. use within within a design project. I mean, that's something, a unique oh, yeah. way for them to stand out as opposed to just doing graphic design. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there's lots of, you want to know what kind of online resources there yeah. are? Yeah. Would you know Is any... that the question? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, there's lots of great courses, schoolism.com. There's Udemy has lots of amazing courses. It's a, such an interesting facet because I remember like these people asking me these questions and I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't do illustration, but I would love to help you use what you have and convert it into something that can make money off of. I think also artists these days have to diversify a little bit. Like if I was only a children's book illustrator, I would not be able to support myself. Um, I, It's a combination of, you know, children's books and other illustrations. Like I've done um, illustrations for people's social media accounts or like uh, on a liqueur bottle or it's so cool. I think Um, it's super cool that you're able to like pivot, (laughs) pivot in different areas, but produce something that's so on, on the mark for that specific item. That's what's amazing. It's not just, okay, I'm doing this now. It's like done well for this kind of industry and done well for another industry, which is a great, I believe, talent that you were blessed with. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's it's also a blessing because I know not everybody, like some people do specialize in, in some area that and they don't necessarily have the skills to do other types of art. Like I feel very lucky that I can do my fine art. I love doing portrait art. I consider that one of my specialties. And I I think what ties it all together is that I like to draw and paint people. So <laughs> it's usually people-based um, portraits illustration but I do other things as well um, because I do have I I would like to get to the point where I can paint my own visions and just sell them hopefully but right now most of my work is client-based so whatever the client wants as long as it's something I want to do and I think that I could do it well then I'll I'll usually take it. I am curious about what you are curious about right now what are you interested in what's the next thing oh I need to try that out Okay. Uh, Well, one thing I'm really curious about is gouache painting, (laughs) which I keep seeing people doing like when I am on Instagram, I see it so often and I really want to try that out. Um, So I got to get myself some. Wait, what is that? Wait, could you explain? Could you explain what that is? It's called gouache. It's a water-based paint, but it's watercolors are transparent and acrylics are also water-based but they look like oil paints and gouache is like has a kind of a chalkier thicker texture but it's still I don't know it's it's you can kind of 
Um, see, I don't know. I've never used it. <laughs> I only see <laughs> other people using it. <laughs> so like through, but, the, through, um, the, through the screen, you're like sort of like, okay, I wonder what that, what is it actually? Do, is it a certain kind of paint or do you manufacture it on your, like do you create it on your own from a mixture of different household materials? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can, probably you could <laughs> if you Google anything these days, but no, you can buy it. <laughs> as a what kind of painting does a person do with that? Like what kind of style or? I see a lot of landscapes with it. And I also see illustrations, um, like little character paintings. Um, seems like you can get really detailed work with it um, and very bright colors and it just looks fun. I think so. you need to convince a client to commission such a painting. <laughs> I think you hey, need to do that. You have yes. to like the next client, you're like, I think <laughs> this would be perfect for you. <laughs> I'd be so nervous because I've never used it before. I'd be like, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's always there's unsuspecting next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't tell them that I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, no. <laughs> I would just dive in and pray for the best. <laughs> so just one more thing I want to ask you. So, you know, as creatives, we're always, um, you know, we're always working on different things. And, you know, there's things that come up that we get like, so we get sidetracked or something doesn't work out the best way possible. What is your inspirational message that you could give? two creatives to get them going. Oh, okay. So I would tell people that it's okay if it's hard and it's okay if it's challenging and it's okay if you're not selling anything yet. But like, I really think that if you keep going and you keep working on yourself um, and trying to figure out what other people are doing that's working, um, that like um, I, I think it's very interesting. I one time spoke to an artist who said she never looks at other people's artwork because she doesn't want to be influenced by it. Like she wants to keep her style, you know, quote unquote pure, I guess, like her totally her own, which I could not believe anyone would think that like what like composer would not listen to other great music or what filmmaker would not want to look at like the greatest films in order to understand how it's done, you know? So I think it's really important to keep looking at other artists that you admire um, or whatever field it is that you're in. Look at people who are doing great work and try to figure out how they're doing it and how, why they're successful and incorporate as much as you can into your own work. Um, you won't lose your own style. You'll only get better. Thank you so much, Dina, for taking us behind the scenes and talking to us and educating us about art and how you work with other creatives. It was so informative. And I look forward to seeing some more of your beautiful art around. Thank you. Likewise, I'm so glad you, we got to talk. Thank you so much.